The advice and opinions expressed by the host of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod, and we're coming to you live from many places around the world this morning. So excited to be with you on this Monday morning. Can I tell you a little secret? Because you know I like to tell you guys secrets. Today was supposed to be my day off, and I'm going to be taking most of the rest of the day off. But you know what? There are some things that you go, oh, no, I have to come in for that. And I've got two guests for you later on that I was willing to give up a day off because I wanted to talk to them so bad. It's that good. So you're not gonna wanna go anywhere. Uh, you know, get get the grandma, <laughs> you know, get, get the neighbors, call the dogs in. It's gonna be that good. Uh, do you know what I'm saying? It's uh, super good. So I, I don't wanna build too much expectation, but that's in about 20 minutes. So we've got two guests, one who's been on the show before and one that I'm meeting for the first time and I'm really excited and you'll see why. Uh, all right, I know I'm being vague, but I'll, I'll get to it in just a second. So in any case, I want to remind all of you that this show is meant to be interactive. We're live for the next hour talking about autism from a 360 degree perspective. What are all the things that we need to know and who are all the people that we know need to know to know what we need to know, right? And we welcome all of you that uh, here on the show, we like to say that our, we, we're here, our mission is to provide information and inspiration. I got both for you today, I'm 100% sure. And we are speaking to that larger autism community. What does that mean? Well, of course it starts with individuals who are on the spectrum themselves, right? That is the beating heart, the core of our community. But we also include in that community, everyone who loves those individuals and wants the best for them, wants for them to be able to find their path in this world in the way that is meaningful for them. And what do we want for them? We want happiness and we want employment. I'm dropping little hints here, right? And we want them to have the freedom to do the things that they want to do and that are meaningful to them. And as my good, dear departed friend, Joanne Laura always used to say, you know what, you, you, Everybody needs to get familiar with the idea that everyone deserves a seat at the table. And what does it take to have a seat at the table? It takes a J-O-B, a job. And when you have a job, the self-esteem and the freedom that comes with being able to make your own paycheck, oh, I mean, you know, I have always, uh, well, that's not entirely true. There was a time when I didn't know. I thought, well, you know, some people don't want to work and some people can't work. And, you know, I had all those thoughts in my head. And then Joanne Laura came along and she said, where'd that come from? Where'd that idea come from? It doesn't, you know, meet some people, talk to them. It doesn't have anything to do with the truth. Everybody wants a job. Everyone wants to know that they matter. Everyone wants to have a place. Everyone wants to have the freedom of having the currency to be able to do what they want to do. 
And boy, she introduced me to people that previously, you know, I might've thought because a parent told me, oh, this individual can't work. And Joanne showed me that that was not the truth. So um, feeling you, Joanne, today. Uh, but I, and I, so I knew that. And then of course I have this son who's on the spectrum. And a couple of years ago, he got his first real job where you have to show up at a certain time, you leave at a certain time. You know, he'd done a little bit of consulting before, um, but this was a real job where you got to go and you got to work and, you know, you have a supervisor and so on and so forth. And I thought, oh, you know, he's 16. This is not going to last, right? He loved it so much. And he would come home every day and he would say, this is fantastic. And then at the end of the second week, he got a paycheck. And let me just tell you, he stood there and he looked at it. And my son said to me, oh my gosh, this is what I earned? And I said, yes, isn't that great? And he said, this changes everything, mom. This changes everything. And I said, well, okay, you know, great. What does it change? And he said, knowing that I have the ability to go do something and do it well and get paid for it changes everything. And I just wept because I, I didn't realize that it was going to be that big of a deal. It's that big of a deal. So you've tuned into the right show if this is what you want to know about. Hey, Traven is showing you some of the different ways that you can connect with us throughout today's show through the beginning and when we have our guests with us, because I know you guys are going to have questions. Um, Yes, Renee, I see you crying. I'm right there with you. Um, so I know you're going to have questions. We are live right now on YouTube, on Facebook, Twitter, and about 19 other places. If you are on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, you can be writing in right on those platforms and it shows up here on our screen. And that way we can interact with you very immediately. If you're on some of the other places, there's still a way for you to connect. Um, and you can always use our homepage, autism-live.com. There is a chat button at the bottom. I want to make sure that everybody knows it's not an interactive chat, that we can't chat back with you, um, which is a bummer. Maybe that's something we can figure out uh, this, this calendar year. I'm not holding my breath, but maybe. Uh, but it is a way for you to get another message to us too, if you're someplace else. Yes, Renee, I hear you. That's my wish, that employment and that freedom. And oh, you're going to love this show. Trust me. So uh, I also need to point out that uh, we archive all of our videos. This is now our 10th year of doing this show. And we archive our videos, the whole videos on our YouTube channel and on our homepage. But we also, our lovely producer, Traven, takes um, highlight clips, and those exist only on our homepage and on YouTube. Everything else, the whole show, gets podcast everywhere you get your podcast. By the way, if I haven't said it before, let me just say, we are the number one rated podcast in the field of autism uh, in the world right now. And that is just because of you guys, because you've liked, you've shared, you've reviewed you've talked about us because you know we don't have a budget here. This is the little show that could and we can. So we're here with you and we're doing what we can. All right. I do like to remind you at the start of the show that we have lots of experts on the show. That's really important to me. Please remember I'm not one of them. Yes, I'm uh, the mother of an individual who was diagnosed with autism at the age of two and a half. Yes, I have an opinion. Yes, I've interviewed a lot of people, not an expert, like to be clear about that, right? So tune in for the experts. But if you want my opinion, 
you know I'm happy to share it with you. Uh, and I'm happy to hug you all. Parker, so glad to have you here with us. Uh, thrilled that you are here. Uh, okay, it is time because it's Monday for us to take a brief break and visit what we like to call the jargon of the day. This is when we take on one word, one phrase, one acronym. We try to figure out what in the hey nani nani are the experts talking about? What does this have to do with us? Do we really have to learn this term? It feels painful sometimes, doesn't it? So first we give you the actual definition and then we uh, make fun of that sometimes because it's so convoluted that we can't make heads or tails of it. Then we give you a working definition and we try to put it in context. So whoo, today's a big one. And it's because this month, uh, well, we're in the week that the month hits that it's April, right? So it's time to, for us to revisit what are we actually talking about? And you will hear people saying ASD, ASD, ASD. What, what does that mean? And what does it actually mean in 2021? So let's take a look at our actual definition. I'm afraid, Traven, I have no idea how many slides this is going to be. Okay, uh, the National Institute of Mental Health, their quote is the autism spec, autism, ASD stands for autism spectrum disorder, is a developmental disorder that affects communication and behavior. Although autism can be diagnosed at any age, it is said to be a developmental disorder because symptoms generally appear in the first two years of life. Well, that's a very interesting definition. And thank you, uh, Traven, for finding that for us, because I think it's a little bit more evolved than what we have seen in the past, right? Do you guys remember before we had the DSM-5 where it was kind of like the menu in a Chinese restaurant where it was like, you have to have one from column A and two from column B, and then you'll have your full lunch complement, right? Uh, so this uh, is, I can't even make fun of this. Uh, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's not that bad because we, we, the thing that's, that makes me go, uh, is that we're still using the word disorder. Um, but, you know, I think it's important for us to distinguish that when it is affecting you and causing you to not be able to do the things that you want to do in life, that is when we come up with the term disorder. And there may be many people watching who are, on the spectrum and, and received a diagnosis saying that they were on the spectrum somewhere, who will be writing into me in a second and saying, I don't feel that I have a disorder. Let me tell you, my son's right there with you. And I just want to say, what a wonderful thing. What a wonderful thing that there are individuals on the spectrum who have the communication skills to write in and tell us, I don't like the word disorder. First of all, that makes me want to run into the street with my hair on fire and dance right? Because there was a time when none of us knew whether that was even a possibility. Um, so, you know, first of all, wonderful, right? But second, I hear you. I hear you. And I think it's important to distinguish that there is a spectrum and that there are folks who cannot do the things that they would like to do. I'm not talking about what other people would like them to do, that they would like to do. And that is when we get into a disorder. And this is true for anyone. Um, as someone who has been diagnosed with a panic disorder before, you know, we all have anxiety, right? And I have anxiety on a regular basis, but it got to a point where it was stopping me from doing the things that I, I wanted to do in life. Now it's a disorder, okay? So let's, let's be clear about that, that uh, I don't believe that every person that I've met on the autism spectrum has a disorder. Um, I, like, 
you know, I would not consider my son to have a disorder right now. And I have many friends that I would not consider to have a disorder, but that is the delineation. Okay, let's move on to our working definition and see what we have there. I'm equally frightened. Um, okay, well, so ASD is the umbrella that used to house classic autism, PDD, NOS, and Asperger's syndrome. Now, when, if somebody goes to get a diagnosis, they, uh, if they qualify, they get the diagnosis of ASD, autism spectrum disorder. That doesn't mean that people who had a diagnosis of Asperger's don't have that. It just means that they're no longer diagnosing people with that. And that if someone who previously had Asperger's syndrome were to go and get diagnosed again, they might get a diagnosis of ASD, they may not. I just wanna be clear about that because it's really kind of muddy and uh, a lot of people go, hmm, I don't really get that. Um, because remember that ASD, like a lot of things, it's it's still, it's not the Chinese menu anymore. It's this uh, sort of thing. I'll tell you what, and honestly, it reminds me of when we're diagnosing other things um, where it's like, you gotta have uh, enough of them to be considered a disorder because there are things on the list for ASD that we all have. We all have. It's just that we don't have it enough for it to be a disorder. Yeah. Um, so it's important to get a diagnosis and to get a diagnosis from someone who's qualified. All right. There we are. That wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. Let's move on to, we always have a question of the day for you. And our question today is, what do you wish people knew about autism? And I think I want to hear from you guys. First of all, I want you to write in on whatever platform you're in. What do you wish people knew about autism? I really love Dr. Stephen Shore's comment about when you've met one person with autism, you've met one person with autism. Um, but I'll be honest with you. Um, I wish that people, what they knew about autism is how amazing, how loving, how incredible, how kind, how honest um, individuals on the autism spectrum are and how bright and brilliant and capable that they are. That sometimes a behavior that people will see and that they will label as being different, and that's being kind, sometimes they call it many other words, sometimes that prevents them from seeing the person. Now, I don't think that that's something that's wrong or a disorder with the individual on the spectrum. I think that's something that's wrong in a disorder with society. Um, and I wish that society would start to key in to that and start to recognize that. It's coming, it's absolutely coming. Hey, Sam, saying hello back to you. But that's what I wish people knew, but I'm more interested to know what you guys wish people knew about autism. Uh, and who knows, if you write it out, maybe somebody will go, yes, that's what I wish people knew. And maybe someone will see it and go, oh, I didn't know that. I did not know that. It's possible. Okay, moving on. We always have a topic uh, for the week. And our topic this week, which I think you guys will understand and appreciate, is autism awareness, action, acceptance, and access. Um, I find that words tend to group by certain letter letters. And there's currently a big discussion going on because April is autism fill in the blank. And it depends on who you are and what 
what you feel in your gut, which, which one of these words you will take first. Uh, for years, it's been autism awareness. And, um, and now some people are saying, hey, let's make it autism acceptance. And other people are like, you know, that's not good enough. I want action. And other people are saying, hey, how about just access? Because that encompasses all of it. And I just want to say, if we have a spectrum, why can't we have a spectrum of how we feel about it and, and what we want? So I'm putting it out there that it's all the A's. <laughs> it's autism and all of the A's, awareness, action, acceptance, and access. And you pick what feels good to you and you pick the symbol that feels good to you because we have a spectrum. And on a spectrum, there are many colors to the rainbow and they're all good. You pick the one that you like and I think we get there. So that's what we're talking about this week with all the shows that we do. I want to say this before we bring on our guests. Tomorrow, we're playing another of the best of uh, Temple Grandin series. On Wednesday, we have Dr. Doreen Grampichet back with us for Ask Dr. Doreen. She's going to answer your questions. And then on Thursday, it is, first of all, it's the first day of April, and it's April Fool's Day. And in the past, you know, I've said to you guys, oh, we're having Oprah on, and then it was an April Fool's, right? We're not having Oprah. Don't get excited. I would, you know, you'd have to, like, sedate me if we were having Oprah on, but I'll tell you who we are having on on Thursday, which is so fantastic for me. My husband and my son are going to come on. I don't know that we've ever done that. My husband has on, been on like a couple of times. My son usually comes on once a year. I don't know that we've ever had both of them together. And let me tell you, they're a clown card together. Um, so they're both hilarious and put them together with me and I will be frazzled the whole time because they'll be telling jokes and whatever. Um, you know, whatever I get a little like overwhelmed or whether my husband turns into the pun master to the point where I have to yell at him. Um, and they both get silly around each other. They're like two puppies. So I'm really excited about it. Um, it's going to be the last time that my son can be on before he turns 18 and get your questions ready. If you have, I know I talk about them a lot on the show and they're going to be here. And uh, I told them they, you know, they can be my April fools, uh, but they are actually going to be here and they're excited about it. So that is Thursday. And then on Friday, we are starting our world autism awareness, action, acceptance, and access. And one of the, we're each we're going to be talking about different things throughout the month and saluting different people that we think um, need to be saluted. And we're starting with something that we did last year where we took some of the people who work at the Center for Autism and Related Dis Disorders. We asked the families, we asked the staff, like, who's really going above and beyond for families on the spectrum? So Dr. Doreen Grampichet will join me on Friday, and we're going to salute some individuals who have given their all this last year in a very difficult year and um, need some saluting. So that's going to be really what we're calling it card stars this year. So, and then throughout the month, we're going to be focusing on a lot of different uh, groups and people uh, who have been devoting time and energy to this community to be all of these things, awareness, action, acceptance and access. All right, my friends, uh, I'm very excited. I've been dropping hints all morning long, but uh, I've got two guests for you today, and they are two amazing gentlemen that uh, I'm going to slaughter at least one of their names, and then he can make fun of me if he wants to. But Torquil Sone, I th I'm, think I'm in the neighborhood, is joining us for the, the second time. He is, 
Oh my goodness. He's the man, you know, when we talk a lot on this show about one of the unsung heroes in the autism community are the dads. And that there are some pretty amazing dads out there doing some pretty amazing things. And a lot of times it feels like the moms take up all the oxygen. Well, this is one of the amazing dads. Uh, he uh, has a master of science and was working in the IT industry. And then, you know, his life took a turn and had a child who changed what he was doing. He founded in 2004, especially Stern. And then in 2008, which was right around the time, no, it can't be, it was much later than that. Uh, he started the Specially Stern Foundation. But sometime in the last decade, we have had him on the show because he made a pledge that he wanted to find a million jobs and put people who were on the spectrum and neurodiverse into a million jobs. Can anyone say amen? Because I can, right? Um, so he's joining us right now, as is Alan Chris. And Alan Chris, this is his first time on the show, so we really want to welcome, he is the CEO of Specially, Specially Stern North America. And my understanding is that he is one of those unique individuals who is a problem solver, who can see in the, in, in the workforce industry, he can see into problems and he is the ultimate problem solver. So who better to carry out this mission for, I think, it, I, I think they're shooting for more than a million jobs now. Uh, so I'm welcoming both uh, Torquil and uh, Alan right now. So there now, Torquil, how badly am I slaughter, slaughtering your name? <laughs> You're doing very well, Shannon. Thank you. And you've done it before, so that's that comes through now. <laughs> well, it, you know, it, it should, but sometimes I have issues. Uh, so thank you. And I meant every word that I said. You are the man. Um, you are a wonderful dad who's making a difference in the world and we're just so grateful to have you back here and alan welcome for the first time i can't wait to talk to you and pick your brain i hear that you're really good at solving problems <laughs> i wish you'd tell my kids that <laughs> I, listen you have this is recorded now you can go back and tell them uh, and say i said so so gentlemen um you know we would love to have you on any time of the year, but we're having you on today for a very special reason. There's something coming up on uh, that, that's happening with the UN. Who would like to talk to us about what this is and why we should still care about World Autism Awareness Day at the UN? Who wants to take that question? Oh, I would like to do that, Shannon. <clears throat> and thanks for the energy you put into this and thanks for the discussion you had just before we came on board and also that this very important discussion on where are we at now? Is it awareness? Is it uh, access? Is it activities? Is it acceptance? Is it appreciation? Is it something else? And I think the, the answer is it, it's all of them, depending on the context and the timing that we're in right now. But uh, <clears throat> the UN World Autism Awareness Day is, in my eyes, uh, one of the most important events throughout the year. The United Nations, all member states, made a joint decision some 10, 12, 14 years ago or so that uh, there should be one day uh, that should be dedicated to autism. And I think uh, we are quite privileged because not many 
uh, areas within the disability span gets uh, a specific day where um, where there are, there are a lot of activities going on around the world and that there's, there's this formal thing about it as well because uh, you mentioned in the introduction here that um, you're driven by this because of a family thing. I'm driven, driven because of a family thing. Alan is driven because he knows someone who, <laughs> who has um, a family member like we do. So, um, but, but very often it has been difficult for us to get kind of the, the governments um, at a high level interested in this because yeah what because i don't know i don't know why governments would not put this on the forefront of of the agenda and say we need to do something we need to make sure to leave no one behind we need to to work more with the civil society with um, people like like you and i and alan and all the other ones who have such a passion and and when we see a hope first we need to see a hope then we need to be able to turn hope into action and and when we do that a lot of um, people will also start saying um, i've found a good solution for my loved one now i want to help those who come next or those who have not been as fortunate as myself and i think this is um th this is for me the un world autism awareness day is a step stone to this global solidarity project as i see um, it is bringing the energy in the civil society to work with the market in forms of companies and others where you can make a living and the government the education system we need to i think rethink the whole the, the all all settings that that we are dealing with but i my journey started in denmark um within half a year after i started i, I had emails from families in more than 100 countries who said, if it works in Denmark, then um, please come and help us. And I cannot say no <laughs> when, <laughs> when families reach out to me and say, we've seen a hope for the first time, please. We, we want a future where we as parents know that when we go to rest one day, when we don't have the resources to to be there for our kids anymore, they will still have a good life. They'll they'll belong. They'll be embraced. They'll be appreciated. Um, and so, I knew that if it works in Denmark, then I could not stop. Uh, it, it has never been the idea that specialist and it would be something for my own son, because at that time. He was just uh, he was in kindergarten and I had no idea where he was he wanted to end up. So 
the best thing would be to change the labor market <laughs> at, at scale. I like how you think. Like how you think. <laughs> yeah, but um, we had particularly much interest from <clears throat> North America. And um, in 2013, I relocated with my autistic son and my wife. I have two other kids. They, are, they, are, they moved away from home. They are older. So, so they, they stayed back in Denmark. But um, the ambition was to show that we are serious about the 1 million job goal. And if you live in a country with 5 million people, have a goal of 1 million that's a stretch so we need to go where the action is and that is very much in the us uh, at so many levels the us is the bus the, this this is where all the bells and whistle <laughs> they are active at the same time so the purpose was for me to see if i could motivate big companies to start on employment programs and um, um, I, I think that has been quite successful also because there have been people like Alan and uh, many, many have been inspired to start something similar or to go to their employer and say, let's do it in our company as well. Um, but I was contacted by the UN in 2015 um, to have an employment focus when addressing the uh, World Autism Awareness Day event. Much have been about all the challenges and, and autism as a global health crisis, but we, we also need to, to, to learn from other angles. And um, I, I was, I helped the UN to organize the event that, that year and we chose the theme the autism advantage we brought employers we brought autistic people who have gotten a job we brought the business school um, academia uh, a lot of of different stakeholders to the same event and we talked about the autism advantage for three full hours that that was amazing and the un asked specialist and foundation to seek affiliation association with the UN so we can work more on this agenda together. And since then, a specialist and foundation has carried the autism advantage theme through luncheons for a number of years. And the UN also asked us to bring um, the, um, the knowledge to to out in the world because when we do events at the UN it's 90% are Americans from the Northeast corridor <laughs> but this is a, a global uh, thing a global discussion and we organized autism advantage luncheons in China in India and in Indonesia and it's just we have so many soulmates out there, Shannon. Uh, when we meet parent to parent out there and see um, through everything and, and just connect, it, it's, it's just amazing. And I think regardless of what we call the, uh, the theme, what, which 
word we use in the US and in other places as the theme, awareness or something else. Um, in Indonesia, to get awareness, to get attention, to get some positive discussions is where that's that's the forefront in Indonesia, for example. That that's where we need to to start. We cannot just jump to access and appreciation and and uh, and so on. We we need we need to to find the right way of of talking based on the traditions and the welfare system and the culture and the religion and so on. But for me. Um, the UN World Autism Awareness Day represent the idea that we are in this together on a global scale. And what we learn in Denmark, in Canada, in the US should be to benefit of the people in India and Indonesia and China and elsewhere and vice versa. Amen. So, Amen so to that, that. That's my perspective. I love it. And every year, the UN, when they have this day, um, they, they pick a theme, as you said. And this year, correct me if I'm wrong, the theme for this year is inclusion in the workplace, challenges and opportunities in a post-pandemic world. There's so much optimism in that statement. I mean, first of all, you know, speaking it out into the world, inclusion in the workplace, which, you know, I think that's gaining traction. Um, and I love that you put challenges because you're not saying that there's not going to be challenges, but I love that there is the word opportunities. And that, of course, I love a post-pandemic world because I hope that's where we're headed. <laughs> Let's please be in a post-pandemic world. But I love, I love the fact that there's the word opportunities in there. So this, there's an event that's happening on April 8th, and it is a virtual event because we are not yet post-pandemic. And it's important, people need to register to be able to go to that event. But if they do, what will they see, you guys? What's going to be um, on the agenda that day? So first, there will be addresses from the UN Department of Global Communications. Um, and so there'll be the, the Secretary General is, um, has um, made an announcement that is kind of the UN's call to action to the world. And so that will be presented and discussed. I will share the, the status of inclusion in the workplace around the world. And I'll announce some uh, initiatives that I think you will find very interesting. I'll have to keep the thunder to the day, but yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll also use that as a teaser for, for everyone to sign up. It's a one hour event this year. It's uh, virtual and I think it's a great opportunity that will also um, uh, be relevant to everyone because uh, the next thing is uh, there'll be two panels discussing the challenges opportunities that we see in the situation we're in right now but also in what we have learned and how we think that uh, if we seize the moment we can actually use this 
moment of of a disrupted workplace to build back better. And uh, Alan Alan will have a lot of experience to share there. Yes. But uh, but I think it's also something that that brings us together and underline the UN element saying we are all in this together. COVID is the first war that we are where we are all on the same side. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no and no one are, are safe until everyone are safe. We it's we have learned that it's not Oh, I think he's frozen. Uh -oh. I hope it's, oh, uh, I wasn't sure if it was just me. Uh, but um, I can't wait to hear what he says and we'll catch up with him when he unfreezes. But in the meantime, Alan, uh, you know, there's a couple of things that he said here. And one of them is that, uh, that you're somebody who comes up with great ideas, that it's important that we be working towards inclusion and that a lot of what's happening, that there's a hub here in North America that is teaching the rest of the world, you know, where we need to get to. So you are the CEO of Specialty Stern in North America. Talk to us about what you guys are doing to create that inclusion in, the, in North America. Hmm. Give us the 411. The four one one. Well, I think uh, I think what we one of the things that we've learned from the beginning of what we started doing here is that a lot of the changes that create inclusion or create opportunities for individuals in the autism spectrum, this is this is sort of the where the million jobs is our sort of a north star idea. For us, a million jobs, as Torkel said, is about is about changing the way that the employment market works. And one of the things that we've learned is that when you make changes for an outlier group, um, you start to get a vision into the kinds of changes that would be good for everybody. And creating an inclusive environment, what we've learned is that creating an inclusive environment isn't about creating a special program for individual groups of people, but rather creating a way for all of us to be included in the mainstream program. It's, it's allowing everybody to be part of the mainstream. And so I think um, before COVID came, we were seeing that, that the changes in the employment market were about, well, what do we need to do in order not to just have people check their bias at the door, but rather eliminate the bias in the system? What we've seen in COVID is that changes can happen a lot faster than we thought. And so, you know, we... I think we've seen probably 10 years of development of a lot of the things that we were looking to happen happened within 10 days, you know, in March of last year. So what we're seeing is that um, employers are much more open to doing things differently than they did before. And they've learned to do things in a more inclusive way because they've been forced to. I think the risk though that we should keep in mind is that we may be leaving some people behind in this new world as well. We need to make sure that we don't run past people. Um, for example, I think we've seen that there are a lot of people who we've helped businesses to get hired uh, who are much more comfortable now that they don't have to 
get up and go to the office. They can work in a space that's one of one of the concepts that that specialist Erna really focuses on is this concept of the comfort zone, and keeping people within a space where they're more comfortable. And um, and so being able to be in your own space and pick your pick your way of communicating is a really good thing for a lot of people. But there may be a lot of people who require and and would benefit from being amongst others more and. So we have to make sure that we don't lose that and lose sight of that as we move forward. So those are some of the things that we'll start with. That's great. I just want to welcome Torquil back. We, you froze on Thank us. You. And so we went on without you, my friend, but we're glad you're back. Thank you. And <laughs> we, we left you sort of in mid sentence and I wanted to give you an, I think yeah. we knew where you were going, but did you want to pick yeah. up where you left off or should we just march on? Yes, I think it, I'll just like just to touch on it. So. Um, the COVID is a game changer, really, um, for the labor market. And, um, and we'll discuss the challenges and the opportunities because um, the, the kind of old version of the labor market, that paradigm, was when you had to excel in, in social skills, uh, chit-chatting, chatting at the water coolers, um, um, figure out what people mean when they're trying to be funny. Um, and and a lot of loose ends or, or not specifically clear instructions. And what we see now is that the new um, ideal employee is someone who can stick to the rules, in particularly in, in this safety situation. Make sure to follow safe safety instructions uh, very punctual. Um, withdraw from large groups. Don't uh, kiss and hug so much. <laughs> Keep at a, at a distance and uh, plan and prepare your work so thoroughly that it can be done partly or, or fully remote. Now that may be the opportunity we have been waiting for, for autistic and other neurodivergent persons to suddenly be the role models in a workplace that, that want to be resilient and competitive in a situation like this, because it may not be the last time that a health issue will hit when it hurts the most in the company. So that's that's uh, the discussion we'll have today, and then we'll announce some exciting initiatives that you will have to <laughs> hear on the eight. Okay. Now, where do people need to go to register? And Traven, if you ha already have this, please put it up on the screen. But do we know where they need to go to register, gentlemen, for the event on the 8th? Yeah, one option is to go to the specialistinafoundation.com. Uh, one is to go to the UN World Autism Awareness Day .org and, Well, I'd and love to. So what is the website for Special Eastern? Let's start there. It's uh, .com. We would, um, But we'll also do campaigns on social media, and I'll make sure that you will have 
a link um, to to be able to pass along. I suspect we have a link. I suspect mm -hmm. we have one. We'll find it. Um, but um, it's important. It's a free event, but people need to need to register. Yep. And I know we're all last minute Lulus and we like to register late. But one of the things that I found with these things, if you register early, what it does is it reminds you. So, and, and I just want to give my little plug here that, um, you know, I love our community and our community is very diverse and everybody has different opinions and needs. There's, there's the website for Special Eastern. Um, thank you, Traven. Um, but, but I think it's so important that we all agree on a couple of different things. And we, we, you know, we're, we're all unique and different, but we all want for individuals on the autism spectrum to be happy, healthy, and to, to feel like they belong because they do. And, and as I was saying at the start of the show, part of that is, is employment and part of it in order to get there, whatever a word you like, whether you like the acceptance or you want action or you want access or, you know, whichever one of the A words you choose, we're not going to get there if we don't take our, uh, our leaders, our world leaders. And the fact that the UN creates this day and has said, we think this is important enough that we all need to be of a like mind about how important this is. I think we as a community need to support it in every way that we can. And, and you know, be a part of the change and show people. It's very hard for our community. I'm sure you guys know this. It's very hard for our community to come together on any one thing, right? Because everybody's so diverse. Um, but if we can come together on something, I feel like it might be this. Um, and, and so I want to encourage people, please register, show the folks at the UN that there is a community of people who are watching and who care and are appreciative of the fact that this matters. Now, um, and you can do that by going to the website for Specialty Stern, or you can go to the UN and look up World Autism Awareness Day. But um, I, I'm sure that because we have, it's been a while since we've had you on, Torquil, and and so I'm sure people are wondering how do you even tackle this issue and and come up with one million jobs. We, we all have some sense of, we know somebody on the spectrum who's either lost their job because they, they couldn't quote unquote fit into some crazy rule um, that really wasn't essential, right? Or, or somebody who's struggling, somebody just emailed me the other day and said, what, you know, how, who's teaching young people on the spectrum what their rights are so that they don't get discriminated against in the workplace? So I guess the question for you guys is, what are, what are you actually doing to bridge this gap to help give people on the spectrum the skills and the understanding of what their rights are? And how are you helping employers so that they can recognize this talent pool that's going to be great for their company, but they're, but they're going to need to look at things in a slightly different way? How are you doing that? It's a big question. <laughs> yes. You, you want to start, Turkle, or shall I? Well, I, I can just uh, give you a ramp, Alan. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I set the goal one million jobs because it doesn't make sense to try to make a change with 460 or, or 32 or, or something. And um, I, uh, I did it after 
specialisterne was presented for the first time at Harvard Business School and I was invited to be part of the session. And after the professor introduced the theme um, in the first half, I was invited to the floor in the second half. And for the first time ever, the, the very seasoned business uh, uh, school professor, he saw a standing ovation from 70 IT business professionals. It was my first experience of that kind. And I said, wow, if 70 business professional leaders uh, give me applause, uh, maybe I've hit something, a core here. And in the bookstore, I bought the book, The Power of Unreasonable People. I read it on the flight back to Denmark and identified myself as an unreasonable man. And they are allowed to do wild things like saying uh, one million jobs is the goal. But uh, I'm, I'm actually pretty convinced that we'll make it because there's a lot of super important uh, activities going on. We have the ear of the, the, of the employers. Employers want to take these programs global. And we're also working with the education system and getting <clears throat> the attention of, of many governments around the world. We, we have specialists in, in, in 13 countries, so we can draw from a lot of different experience from different cultures and settings. Um, but um, so from my global perspective, I see a movement that has crossed the point of no return. This will grow, the momentum will grow, the appetite from employers will grow. And uh, it, it's really a matter also to work with the education system and families and civil society and governments to make sure that that uh, people's opportunities and talents and uh, and skills are being developed to its um, to its optimal stage before they reach the labor market. And if we can train the same way of understanding and and working together both to employers and to people before they are employed, then we are removing the divide that has been there for way too long. Okay. Now is it Alan. Alan's turn? Alan, are you going to give us the yes. nuts and the bolts of this? Yes. We've, yes. we've got the beautiful picture on the hill. Tell us how we're going to get there. The nuts and bolts. Well, practically speaking, a, a lot of our work is focused on the employer side of the, let's call it the problem. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, if we, as we, as we do a better and better job of uh, getting people through school, getting people early supports, I think that the biggest divide probably remains that people will graduate and not get an opportunity, whether they graduate from high school or whether they graduate from some other type of education, or maybe they just have the ambition, but the employers just aren't ready. And so we look at things from a systematic perspective and we enroll employers in create success with employers. We practically speaking, we, we, we sell our services to employers where they, by definition, because they're going to pay us to help them to solve this problem, are going to expect benefit. And when they hire people and they see the success, 
of doing things a little bit differently, as you said, uh, they want to do it again. And then others begin to hear about that and their colleagues and their friends hear about it. And I think that it's interesting to see that compared to 2004 and 2008 and 2013, when we started in the US and in Canada, and then today, employers are, it's a very different conversation that's happening amongst employers now. There isn't um, more than a, uh, at the, at, in the beginning, there was a skepticism. And, and a lot of the conversation was around, well, what's the business case and how do we know that that those people could be successful and what kinds of roles? And, and since then, we don't have to have those conversations. Most, at least medium to larger size employers know, they just don't know how. And so what right. we do now is show them how. That's I think the next, yeah, the next big phase though is going to be not just how to do it in a special way, but how to do it in a mainstream way. And that's when you get to a million. There you go. And, you know, I'm imagining you guys have made big headway in the last few years. And and then, of course, I don't know, was it six months ago that 60 Minutes um, did a piece on uh, folks on the spectrum working in the workplace? And it, it's so interesting when you get to that level of mainstream. Anderson Cooper is talking about it. Then all these people started writing into the show saying, oh, my gosh, did you know? And we were just banging our heads against the wall going, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that you guys have been talking about this for a long time, but I guess, you know, we'll take anything because if, if it mo motivates that many more people to understand that it's not the, it's, it's not just the right thing to do. I think a lot of people thought, oh, well, they're asking them to hire people because it's the right thing to do morally and ethically, blah, 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 blah. But the understanding that it's good business that it's good business for those employers because they are going to get really good quality, intelligent, hardworking folks who are detail oriented, who take their jobs seriously, who are good at attention to detail often. Um, and that isn't, that isn't necessarily, uh, I'm speaking in generalities. I don't want everybody to think that everybody on the autism spectrum is good at following rules. Um, but many are, uh, many are. And part of what you guys are doing is making sure that it's the right peg for the right company. Is that correct? Yeah. I think there are a couple of, of things that you said there that are important to keep in mind. One is, uh, since the beginning in North America, we've been tracking, uh, keeping track of the, the results of what we've been doing. And what we've been able to find is that going through our program, that that by and large, the business metrics for let's call it the graduates or the hires who have come through our programs have been performing as well as or better than, often better than people who have been hired through the mainstream program. And so it's pretty easy to make a case with a business to say, would you invest a dollar in this or would you invest a dollar in that if which one is going to give you a better output? And that's why I say that we're so focused on the business outcome, because if we can show that the outcomes are, are positive for, for hiring through these processes, then they're going to want to do it more and more. And we can say to the next employer who's never done it before, hey, look at the numbers that your competitor has. You know, and so that's one thing. And the other thing that um, it's really important to keep in mind is that uh, there are so many different things that people want to do and can do. And we mustn't uh, be too focused on any particular type of job, industry or, or that sort of thing. What we what we learned is that 
early on is that there are more people who self-identify themselves to the accessibility offices in colleges and universities who are in, in the arts than there are in STEM. And so we have this myth that everyone's going to be an IT person or they're all going to be whatever it is that, that the myth might be. But the reality is that people have ambitions to be artists and people have ambitions to be graphic designers and they have ambitions to do gardening and to work in who knows what field it might be. And, and if they have the ambition and they have the interests, uh, they probably also have the focus. So we're running out of time here, gentlemen, but um, where do people go? There's a lot of people who are watching right now that are either adults on the spectrum or parents of teenagers and adults on the spectrum who are like, wait a minute, how do I get my, how do I get myself or my kiddo involved in this? Uh, where do they go? So if you're interested in learning more about Special Sterna in the United States, uh, you can go to uh, usa.specialsterna.com. And we also have uh, for Canada, ca.specialsterna.com. And there you can find out how to basically register with us and, and, uh, and tell us more about yourself and also see or get exposed to job opportunities when they come up. And Wonderful. if you're a parent, and just one other plug, if you're a parent who works in a company and you're interested in seeing how we can help your organization become more confident in doing something like this, then uh, then you can also contact us through the, those websites as well. Can we nominate companies? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. we, have, we have a group of people here in Los Angeles that really, 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 I'm not going to say the name of the company, but wanted to work for a movie theater company. They, they want to work in a movie theater. They want to work behind the counter. They want to be the person scooping the popcorn. They're totally capable of doing it. Uh, I, I know at least two of them that went and companies that say that they hire inclusively and they had to file out, they had to fill out the application online, were never granted an interview because they said they didn't meet the needs. And we've called and we've made phone calls and we've said, you're not doing this right. Um, so just want to put it on your radar. Go get them, fix them. They want to be inclusive. They're not doing it right. They're missing the boat. Right. Um, so uh, if you can make headway, please do. Because uh, we have kids who want to work there and could and should. And and I think, I think that company wants them, but gap. So we're leaving you guys in charge. But hey, before we leave, April 8th, I'm going to be talking about it all week long, you guys. It's a great opportunity. Please register. It's only an hour. Take a seat uh, at the table on, on your own behalf, on your child's behalf, on behalf of people who can't. Um, because as Torquil was saying so eloquently, if we're not, if no, if, if we're not all okay, then we're not okay. I, I, I phrased it wrong, but you know what I'm trying to say. Uh, we're, we've got to make sure that we get there for all of our brothers and sisters. Um, and not everybody has the internet to be there. So let's show up on, on their behalf. Thank you both for being here. This was just delightful. It was worth coming in on my day off. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Sean. <laughs> I appreciate you guys. You have a wonderful day. You too. Same to you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so uh, much. I'm just saying in parting, you guys, we're back tomorrow with Vesta, Dr. Temple Grin, and don't forget, Ask Dr. Doreen on Wednesday and on Thursday. My husband and my kid are going to be here. Get your pencil out. Ask the questions. Um, they're going to be here and they're dying to know what you guys want to know. All right. We will see you then. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now.